Hey, this is Brandon Lucido, owner of the Lucido Real Estate Team. On our podcast, we talk about life events, real estate, and how to help and serve people. Catch our podcast every week for a new episode. You can find more information on us at thelucidoteam.com. On behalf of my team, thanks for tuning in. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Bobby is back from the honeymoon. Yes. All right. Where'd you go? We went to Kauai. <laughs> Suffering. Sad you, sad you couldn't go, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really, really wonderful. Um, you know, you you imagine that a trip's going to be really great, and then you get there. And, and it, it wasn't. Every, everything is... <laughs> Is uh, better than you expected it to be. <laughs> yeah, nice. Man, even, so, a really amazing thing to me, even the drivers on that island are super courteous. Like, if they know that the road's going to go down to one lane in, like, a mile, but it's kind of peak traffic hour, mm-hmm. they'll all just go ahead and get in that one lane. And uh, And if a tourist, like an obvious tourist in a... You know, a car that's got the little Turo sticker on it and stuff mm-hmm. like that tries to do the whole thing where they just cut in last second. There will be some big pickup truck that just pulls over and says, "Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not what we do here on this island." Oh, cool! Yeah, wait and, in line. Uh, yeah, but like if you put your blinker on, oh my gosh, people would let you over, and mm. you know, nothing was, like here. Yeah, where you know you may as well have a BMW because you put your blinker on, you're just gonna get blocked. Yeah. yeah. So, well, good. So, any activities that y'all did? We did the uh, Jurassic Park helicopter tour. Wow! Uh, where we actually landed uh, real close to that hel- that that not helicopter, the uh, the waterfall that they had in the movie. Oh yeah, the um, the, fir- the first one. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Um, and we got to walk over to the uh, the waterfall and see where the pad used to be, um, and all that. And uh, now, did they play the music? As you were when, descending, when we were descending, he turned the music on. <laughs> um, nice, but uh, and then the rest of the tour was just of the island, um, and it was really neat. Uh, being in a helicopter is interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. To say the least, had never done that before. Yeah, and uh, that first time that the helicopter leans over, you know, you're sitting there thinking, the G forces keeping me in my seat don't feel like they're enough to keep me from falling, but I'm also not falling. So this is maybe the helicopter and I are falling at the same rate, mm-hmm. but uh, a very different feeling from an airplane. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next day we did, um, we got on a catamaran with several other people and did a kind of a, a coast tour um, nice. that had some uh, snorkeling opportunities. Um, I got in the water uh, for the for the one time that they stopped for snorkeling, the, the water is a bit rough. Uh, oh, okay. So they didn't they didn't let us uh, drop in at the second spot, but we got to go up the Nepali coast and and stuff, and had lunch. Uh, they served us breakfast and lunch. And then, how was the food? It was pretty good. Yeah, um, it was pretty decent. Uh, boy, the fruit there is just incredible. It is, isn't it? Oh, oh my gosh! Uh, you know, even the grapes are just like wow. Yeah. This is what a real grape tastes like. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, not not that crap at home. Uh-huh. Uh, Did you get your fair share of poi? Poi. Uh, Don't tell me you didn't get the poi. Well, I might have, and I just didn't recognize what it was. It's called. that white, waxy stuff that has a plasticky taste. 
Oh. You probably had it at the Luau. Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, I avoid that stuff. What's funny, though, he did talk about the point, like, like some, something like, like a farm like that, and he goes, yeah, the locals don't really like it that much, so we just sell it to you guys at Luau. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> it was really funny. It's probably a joke on, on us, us travelers. It kind of sounded like it. What's it in replaced? Like in replacement for, is it like a like a bland fruit? No, they just have little cubes of it. It's like it's like eating a cheese, you know, a little piece of cheese. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not cheese. It's just I mean, you put it in your mouth, you're like, did I just eat glue? I oh, mean, it, it's gross. It's pretty bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. We we saw that at the luau, but we we were focused on other stuff. Um. And so I don't. I guess I didn't. I didn't actually eat any. Good of it. for you. You're smart. But because uh, uh, I think we probably did think it was a cheese square. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, but that catamaran was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then we drove up to the canyon and uh, couldn't really see anything because the cloud cover. But the road was awesome. Nice. Um, and uh, went into full race car mode with that. <laughs> and then uh, we had uh, we went to the luau. We didn't stay for the whole thing. You know how in, in some movies where it just seems like it has three or four different spots where it should have ended? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We stayed for the first ending. And um, we got to see, you know, ceremony and dancing and stuff like that. Fire. And, yeah. And then uh, decided, yeah, we're ready to go <laughs> back to the hotel now. So <laughs> I told you it was more than we're going <laughs> to do that. Get. Yeah. And, and we found our Mother's Day gifts there, um, hmm. a local uh, uh, kind of glass keychain maker. Oh, cool! Um, it was really neat. Um, I'll have to pull up pictures in a little bit. Yeah, show y'all. But um, and then we had a massage by the beach. And oh uh, man, it sounds was, like a Wilson trip. Yeah, really. I mean, work trip. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was uh, it was spectacular. We took a lot less pictures than we had intended to. We were hoping to. We took our big camera in the hopes that we would take something that would end up on the wall, and uh, maybe one came out that might end up on the wall, but uh, we just were not focused on... We were much more focused on being in the moment, and it was sure it was just truly an awesome place to be. Um, it felt weird riding around with the windows up in the car, but it was just... Everything's so quiet, uh-huh. and uh, and even though the weather's perfect... Um, it was just, it was nice to enjoy actual silence for a lot of the sure <laughs> a lot of stuff just and everything is so green yeah oh mm-hmm. my gosh that's one of the greenest islands yeah um, and we drove through this uh, this tree tunnel on the way to the hotel mm. and uh, you know it's it's interesting seeing uh, tree sized things you know shaped and sized things that just have flowers on them. Mm. Yeah, um, good point. Hadn't you don't really see that in the Texas Hill Country? No, um, you know, I guess a magnolia tree is about as close as you can get, but it's not true. It's still not the same. True. <clears throat> so it was just it was really neat. Was Very like, feast cool. for the eyes. And uh, man, the culinary experience was phenomenal. Hmm. Uh, we had so much fantastic food. Hmm. Um, the ho- the the restaurant attached to the hotel. Uh, was called Red Salt, and it's I would equate it to like a local version of like a Ruth Chris. Mm, nice. Um, and you know, yeah, it's expensive, but oh my gosh, 
just the quality and then having that you know seafood that was caught same day uh-huh. that's just that's just a, a difference yeah we had uh ahi tuna um bruschetta Oof. and oh man just light and flaky and Oh yeah, no, no no weird tasting stuff. It's just straight from the source. Yeah, well, and so much less of that fish flavor. It's it was more smoky. Uh, mm-hmm. Like yeah, you get you get fish flavor, but it's just it's it's so fresh. It's not like fish that you know has been sitting around a little bit where you smell it before you taste it. <laughs> right, sure. So that was it was great though. Very nice. We had a great time at the wedding. That was a lot of fun. I'm so glad. Yes. Uh, well, awesome. Wilson, how was your weekend? It was good. We were in St. Louis this past weekend. At, uh, yep. There, uh, there it is, another. Is that number seven? Well, it's the fourth graduation, but... I'm talking about vacation. I mean, oh, yeah, graduation, sorry. Trips, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's starting to count, yeah. starting to accumulate. I need a calculator. But it was good. Uh, we the four of the four graduations. Tanya made a real nice Facebook post, and she said, "You know, if you're worried about the future of America, these four kids faced each of them faced some kind of adversity, and they all graduated on time. And you know, their futures look bright, and they're just they're they're great kids. And so uh, it was it was good. It's good to see St. Louis. That was the it's the oldest university west of the Mississippi. Hmm. I didn't know that St. Louis yeah. University was established in 1818." Whoa! Yeah, and wow. it, it's a, a Jesuit university, so it's Catholic, uh-huh. and uh, so you know, obviously Christian. And um, there's a lot of pride. You can tell there's a lot of pride with with the graduates, and and great, great speaker, great motivational speaker at the graduation. Uh-huh. A guy who had been burned over ninety eight percent of his body. Oof. Um, his hands were were you know misshapen. And uh, what a great kid! What a great guy! He's he's a graduate of St. Louis University, and uh, a He's a motivational speaker. And he mm. talked about his first motivational speech. He went into a school and just pretty much kept his head down and read his notes. He looked up, and there were three Girl Scouts there. Oh, gee. <laughs> and that was it. And now he does. he's done something like 2,600 motivational engagements in his lifetime. Wow. He, he does like 100 a year. Man. And, uh, man, he's motivational. I'm going to start listening to his podcast because I left that graduation ceremony really uplifted. That's awesome. It was really good. But great weather in St. Louis. Um, real estate is cheaper there. It was nice, you know, driving through some nice neighborhoods thinking, wow, this is like, um, you know, some great parts of Dallas. It's like Swiss Avenue. Mm. And the homes are only like 700000 600000 700000 Oh, geez. Like, oh, this is not bad at all. No. And, um, but, you know, St. Louis is St. Louis. It's not Dallas. It's not exciting. It's It's good, though. It's... It's a comfortable place. I can see a, a, it being a good retirement place. Awesome. Very good. But good. Airport's so super easy to get through. Oh, my gosh. So different from DFW. <laughs> yeah. Or LAX, the way they've got it oh, right now. Yeah. That's that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it was good. But uh, I have to say I'm road weary. Tanya and I are tired. We came home. It was our dating anniversary on Saturday, so we got home and Went to a couple's massage, and we were in for the rest of the night. And nice. Sunday, we were kind of low-key. I had to show a house on Sunday. But other than that, we were pretty low-key. And she's back to Vegas today. Awesome. Yep, for a tech show. There you go. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, how is the market looking? 
Man, the market's looking pretty good. It's pretty stable. Um, as far as new listings, the last time we talked was May 8th. So the numbers back then were 3,205. We're at about 3,100 now. So it's, it's gone down about 3% from from three weeks ago. So that's new listings. The price decreases uh, are up about 8%. So mm. homes, people are pricing them a little too high. They're sitting on the market. Um I'm seeing a lot of homes that are that need a lot of repair, and I think that's probably what this is: is people are pricing a little too high, mm-hmm. and because of the condition, they're having to to drop the prices. And we are just dead dead even on pending and closed from fifty two thirty three to fifty two eleven. Wow! So houses are still closing, prices are going down, and new listings are up are down just a little bit. So still a lot of traction, still a lot of movement in the market. Yep. Still a lot of people buying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So rates have not really been a deterrent. I don't think so. No. Not much. And I mean right now it's seven point oh four, but we've seen it kind of floating around there a little bit below, but it seems just kind of ping pong between six point eight and you know, six point seven, six point eight and then and seven point one at the max. Yeah. I think people are probably buying down those rates too. I think I think they've sat yeah. there for a while, and people are like, you know, I kind of been, I want them to go down, want them to go down. But there there are some techniques that you can you can lower your interest rates and buying down is is one of the ways mm-hmm. yeah. that you can do that. Yeah, I had heard take it with a grain of salt from a a mortgage company last week that their expectations are to see rates in the fours next year. Hmm. Okay. Next, next year. Okay. So if that is the case, you know, that's good news for everyone now. You can always refi. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I tell people all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is go in now, we'll refi when you get, you know, get below 80% of the value, and I'll help you with that. Mm-hmm. Because if buyers think they don't have competition right now, <laughs> which is, you know, partially true, just wait till rates drop. You're going to have a pool of buyers. Sure. Just rush into the market sure well and because of the uh you know how the market was this last you know the last couple years uh those those price ranges that would be perfect for new home buyers you know like that 250 260 range uh i'm seeing some stuff going on that you know even on even on homes that are in good, good good condition i just you don't see often where it just you know it sits on the market for one or two days and then instead of going to active option it's just pending mm-hmm. people are just seemingly foregoing that uh that inspection period um just to try to win that it's almost like they're using that as a strategy i mean i've seen this happen on uh, over 10 houses now um in the last two weeks you know or three weeks i guess um and Bobby, you were telling me those are on decent houses. Those yeah. are on move-in ready houses, not yeah. houses that you're going to flip and you expect some issues, but they're on decent houses. That that surprises me. Yeah, like on the tax rolls, the owners had it for four or five years, and okay. you know you can tell any updates that they did were right when they moved in, and you know maybe it's got a new roof due to hail or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's you know stuff that you know you'd be very comfortable moving into. It, it's it's maybe early 2000s dated but that's not all that dated really i was telling bobby earlier brandon that i went to a house yesterday to show my client and it was a highest bid kind of house and and the bids were open it was Mm -hmm. open bidding and so um 
I think something like that where you waive the inspection period. You, we looked at it. There's a house pushing, or there's a tree pushing on side of the house, and you can see all the cracks and all the damage. So you know there are issues. You you kind of know if you're if you're a good con, you know contractor, you know what you're going to have to do to this house. Wave the wave the inspection period and and you know move your bid to the to the top of the list. But mm-hmm. they were asking three seventy five for this house, and I didn't see anything over three ten. Oh my goodness! On the open bids, yeah, yeah, because it's going to take so much just to remove that hundred year old oak tree. Mm-hmm. Well, and you said Found, that they had kind of built the roof line around yeah, the tree. Yeah, they built the roof line around this tree, and now it's pushing on the house. I mean, it's that close, and uh, so you know, underneath the it's just upheaving the foundation and just you know pushing it in half. That's crazy, but uh, great, great lot, great size lot, a little out out building. Where uh, you could use as a studio or as a, a shop or something. It's got its own air, you know, a windy unit, but its own air conditioning and heating. Um, but I can see that being the kind of house that would waive an inspection period as a contractor comes and buys it and flips it, you know, mm. makes some money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you got the, the stomach and the patience for it, it's always exactly. an opportunity there. <laughs> Exactly. I told my client, you know, this is your decision, but I'm scared. <laughs> Something like this kind of scares me a little. This is more work than than I'm willing to take on. But yeah. if you're if you're up for it, then I'll definitely support you in on it. Nice. I would have I would have said the exact same thing. <laughs> well, we got a house that we just listed uh, Friday. Uh-huh. It uh, it's a pretty unique home. It's the most expensive house in all of all of. Uh, Prosper, Salina, Gunner, you know, pick a city. It's the second most expensive house in the entire county. Wow. Yeah. So it's a little over 10,000 square feet. Um, it's on 1.9 acres in a real prestigious neighborhood. Uh, and it's just loaded to the nine. Mm-hmm. Ends and out, man. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who buys it. Yeah. Yep. So we're excited for that to see uh, what happens with it, just the traction we get. But uh, whoever gets it, it'll be a, a very uh, special piece of real estate in the industry. So this is more a question for viewers, just because I've got uh, anytime I I tell someone, oh yeah, we've, you know, I'm working with some some guys who have had some really high end listings before. One of the the two questions that I always get asked are. Do those houses sit on the market longer? And you know how do they finance those houses, or are they usually cash, et cetera? You know, so in your experience, you know, I gave them the brief, uh, you know, experience that I've had with it, just through you know being a part of it with y'all. But you've got a lot more hands-on experience with it. So, what's the typical? Do those sit a little bit longer than uh, you know than something like what we, you you know you currently have listed and stuff like that and so the the pool of buyers is definitely smaller. Yeah. Okay. There's not as many buyers as there would be for like a first time home buyer. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that it sits a long time because even though there's a smaller pool of buyers, there's also a smaller pool of houses like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's it's one of those you just never know situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a interesting, an interested party that reached out to me this weekend after being on the market for, you know, 24 hours. Yeah. 
so there's that. Um, and I've already shown it to one other person prior to that. So you just never know. Uh, you know, typically, just generally speaking, they do sit longer than, again, your first time, you know, first time home. But there's a lot more of those homes, too. So mm-hmm. it's all relative. Yeah. Um, Seems like there could be like a, like a, a somewhat of a calculation there, but it still sounds like it's still going to be probably going pretty pretty fast. Yeah, and the location of it makes a difference yeah. as well. So, if you're in a desirable neighborhood or a prestigious neighborhood that is kind of known for higher end homes, most people, you know, there's not a lot of neighborhoods like that. So if they want to live in that neighborhood. You know, that's half of the the journey to even try to get in there. And if you are in there, like, what's for sale? And people don't really sell much in there. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a rare opportunity to, to get into that specific location. Well, and in the photos that, I, that, that are on the listing, it doesn't look like there's just a whole lot of stuff that is just wildly extravagant, tailored to the current owner. Like, I'm sure that they love the place. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they wouldn't have had it built and lived there for a while but uh you know you're not seeing just leopard print tile walls and stuff like that (laughs) you know with stuff from ghana yeah um so it it makes it a lot i don't want to call it more of a blank slate but a lot you know easier to see you know to look at and say okay i'm not gonna have to take down that forty thousand dollar monstrosity that someone put in the middle of the house it's funny you say that brandon has a lot of history with this seller and brandon has always coached him on you know making a sellable house during construction and and brandon was in on the construction and design of it from from the on this house from the beginning Yeah. yeah to wilson's point you know when we and again i don't necessarily get all the opportunities to be with people on the build sometimes i just sell a house that you know they built years ago but i got the the opportunity to be um, helping him build it. Um, And so part of our service that we provide is, you know, we're there during all the architect meetings because a lot of times clients, um, buyers will have a lot of dreams, ambitions, ideas, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, But they look at us as a sounding board to bounce those ideas off. And uh, when we take care of people, that includes but not limited to telling people no Uh and when they have some wild haired ideas you know we bring it back down to reality or you know we we run that scenario or that trap and say hey you know is this a resellable improvement or is this something that you just want to do and you don't care about getting any return on it yeah so we had those conversations on in multiple areas of the house uh and you find a middle ground Mm mm-hmm and that's a good dynamic, a good relationship where I can be honest uh, without recourse. And, um, you know, uh, we had some tug of war moments, but they all settled with everyone being on the same page. And that's, that's what's imperative because, you know, I always love when people say, oh, I'm never selling this house. Like, if, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've heard that. Yep. But things change. Life throws you curveballs or, you know, you just never know. And, you know, this particular client, they've only been there for a couple of years and things changed and business structure changed and uh, they're relocating to a different part of the U.S. And as a result, they're going to sell it. And so 
Uh, I'm glad that we went through that process, that we positioned uh, the build job in a way that's resellable. I bet they're glad too. Yeah, they are. And and again, they got to do a lot of personal things they, they loved. And, um, you know, so with all that being said, it's, it's a house that can, that anyone could move in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not anything I, I look at and go, man, I wish this or that was different. Yeah. So it just, again, just takes the right buyer. But to answer your financial question on the, on the, uh, the structure of purchasing the house, mm-hmm. you know, the jumbo loans, they want to see what Wilson 30%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they usually like to see 30% down if you're going to take a loan out. So there's that. Um, you know, I've seen more cash deals here recently just because of rates. I mean, a lot of people will just do that, you know. Uh, so you just, again, you just never know. Or someone might be selling their house and making a good amount of money right now and just taking those proceeds and rolling them into this one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we've had clients come in from California, you know, that are high, you know, and just very high. they're cash. looking for something that's, to them, is more normal, but to us, you know, the, our our markets are are yeah. you know a little bit lower than what they are in California. So they, they are ready to buy. So you know, sometimes you make those connections, and it's a you know a, a instant you know I fell in love with it kind yeah. of scenario. But um, you know, like Brandon says, those you know it's it's like ships passing in the night. I mean, you, you've got to just get the right one and be ready when yeah. it does come. Man, and on that on that note of uh, of you know moving to a different market that uh, that's not quite as um, money rich as like uh, you know like where are you moving from like California to yeah. DFW? I will never forget. Uh, it was either late 2014 or early 2015 um, when I was with Ebby Halliday, and I was uh, holding an open house for the six thousand square foot place that had a full basement with a wet bar downstairs and uh, uh, you know all that kind of you know really nice place and it was um, this young couple came in and they were the ones that ended up buying it they they had a realtor but they were moving from California and they said yeah so we have a three bedroom two bathroom house in California but you know we sold it. And, um, you know, made a huge profit on it and because you know, it had been in the family for a little bit. Okay. And they said, so, you know, we're used to living in something that, would, you know, like our old North Dallas house. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they said, but we've got all this cash. And, you know, we, and I said, so how would you buy this house? Probably just cash. Wow. It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good on y'all. Exactly. Yeah. So. This will be an improvement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that. Uh, I have an article that's titled 12 Summer Home Improvement Projects to Do This Year. So I'm going to go through them with them and get y'all's thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number one, replace your vinyl siding. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, there's more that hardy board right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it is long term, but that seems to be the, the popular products. Kind of got some concrete in it, right, Bobby? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's a concrete board. So that might be, would you recommend that as a, a replacement for vinyl? So I could see it being a lot more sturdy. Um, but you have to paint it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people paint their siding, too. Um, so, I mean, whatever you're painting, the paint the paint's going to last kind of an equal amount of time. But um, that concrete board feels like much more sturdy sheetrock. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
like your typical weed eater is not just going to completely eat it up. Okay. Um, like it, like that plastic siding. Okay, so good. I, it's it's a pretty decent product, um, but it is also more expensive. So that would be a good upgrade. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, power wash your home. That's a good idea. Yeah, especially if you're getting ready to sell it. Yeah, I do that about once a year. Even yeah. the the sidewalk out in front, it's just it just makes a difference. It really does. It makes mm-hmm. it look new and fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number three, restain your deck. Yeah, yeah. We won't yeah. see a lot of decks, but you know, you just hire a fence guy to come do that, mm-hmm. or you can do mm-hmm. it yourself if that's something you want to do. It, it'll really help the longevity of your of your wooden decks. Yeah, and um, and, and look for for planks that are kind of you know worn. Sure, you know, yeah. frayed at the end. Then it's time to replace them, and yeah, or warped, or warped. Mm-hmm. Number four, install an outdoor kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a little on the upper end of uh, yeah. the price scale. Yeah, You know, I've seen a lot of people spend a lot of money on those things, and then they get out in the summer when they think that they're going to use it and realize that it's really hot outside, and right. they're in front of a really hot grill, even though they're in the shade. Right. You know, they'll go out and mess, mess with something and then come right back inside. And mm. since that can that can go back to taste, I think it's real important to keep in mind, you know, the, the resale of your house. Is someone else yeah. going to like this design? Yeah. yeah, it's not quite the uh, the ROI of a pool, right? But uh, <laughs> I think um, I would definitely tell someone to do that over over putting a pool in. But that would be one of those. Do you do you mind it not not getting all of the money back out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I've I've seen some where they are really well thought out, and just the home had enough breeze coming through there that it would. It, yeah, it's got to make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number five: replace your windows. Boy, we're talking about that right now, especially yeah. after we had our foundation fixed last summer. Mm-hmm. We're really thinking about that. I see a lot of houses now replacing windows. You know, going from the the I don't know what to call it, but you know, the frames. You know, yeah. nine windows in one to just one, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. beautiful. Look, it looks great. It really updates the look of the house. It's so much nicer to look out of too. Is it? Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. it's probably more efficient too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Number six, reseal. Your asphalt driveway. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because just like your foundation, your your driveway is moving too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number seven, landscaping. Oh, sure. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to in Texas because, you mm-hmm. know, we've got a lot of plants in our yards that don't really do well with freezes. And every few years you get a freeze, so you get a lot of dead stuff. Yep. And, you know, clean out those pots because sometimes, you know, I think the plants in the pots – tend to get a little hotter and drier. Yep. So, you know, their lives may not be as long. Mm-hmm. Number eight, plant a garden. And they also go on to say that 35% of all American households have a home garden now. Hmm. Interesting. We do not. Uh, that's a good idea. Neither do I. I guess we have a spice garden. We have like seven or eight different spices that Tanya uses in our cooking. I would call that a garden. Okay. Do you have to maintain it maintain is in water <laughs> anything that requires your time and effort i just water it it works it's a garden yeah okay <laughs> we, we plan on putting in a garden with uh with some tomatoes and some jalapenos and stuff Very jalapenos nice. are perfect for texas they are gotta nice. find a way to keep the dogs out though yeah yeah, yeah. number nine build a shed or outbuilding well there's some hoa rules that 
say you can't do that, but I guess if you get it passed, that's fine. In my HOA, as long as it's below the fence, it's going to be passed. Yeah. Um, Tony and I are kind of minimalists. We don't like to hang on to a bunch of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we're constantly donating things, and I don't know. I for us, that's not a need, but I can see for other people that would be great to maybe maybe clean up your garage and store your lawn equipment in there. I see a lot of people on our Silverado Facebook page asking, "Hey, what is like you know, we just moved in, what's the HOA rules on uh, on a shed?" Sure. And stuff, so. Yeah. So it's popular. Yeah. Yeah. Number 10, replace your gutters. All about replace. I I cleaned my gutters this year. Yeah. Nice. You know, got a lot of got a lot of the, you know, old dead leaves out of there and dirt mm-hmm. and squirrel bodies, but uh, I would put gutter guards on. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's a great investment, and then just fix them if they're broken. But yeah, yeah. I think adding gutters is a, is a really great idea. Yeah, for we a did lot that. Our house didn't have gutters when we bought it, and that was one of the first things we did was add gutters to it. Yeah. yeah. Number eleven, upgrade your garage door. Yeah. And for those that don't know, uh, if you don't have a garage door that is insulated, it makes a huge difference. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Going from a door that that because we'd never had an insulated door. Uh, growing up mm-hmm. and so the first time i got to experience one it was oh my gosh i can go out to the garage and it's bearable mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the door shut i don't have to open it to cool off yeah and it's good to have maintenance done on your doors you know have those little rollers yeah. greased every mm-hmm. once in a while have somebody check your spring when it starts sounding like a witch being boiled in oil that's time to get <laughs> it looked at i haven't quite reached that point yeah <laughs> and then lastly is uh replace your roof which is a big one. I mean, yeah. that's a big one. In fact, um, what was it? Uh, was it Friday or Saturday? We had like a hailstorm out of nowhere. Yeah. Just showed up. Oh, yeah. Like 20 minutes. Yeah, in the DFW area, you know, we'll see all these 15, you know, 20, 35, you know, 30-year roofs and stuff. But I don't know that I've seen a roof last more than 5 to 10 years because of the hail. Um, yeah. Regardless of the, of the type. I've got mm-hmm. a listing that has a high-impact roof. So I don't know... I'm not very familiar, and I need to educate myself on what that means. But it could be that tile stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's it's probably a longer lasting than than 30 years. I hope. Yeah, I'd imagine. Well, good. Well, that does it for us, guys, and I look forward to seeing everyone next week. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the discussion today. Click on the subscribe link to catch our next episode. If you or anyone you know has any real estate needs, you can find more information on us at thelacidoteam.com. On behalf of my team, thanks for tuning in.